Thank you for tuning in today. Whether this is your first, second, third, or any number of podcasts that you listen to, whether it's mine or anybody else's, thank you for being here today and taking a moment to share what two people have to talk about today. Today's conversation is with a good friend of mine, Riley Green, and we talk a little bit about his depression throughout his early adult life and uh, our relationships in between and intermittently throughout that and a bunch of other fun random little tidbits about each other's lives thank you for being here i hope you enjoy the podcast i hope you enjoy being alive and more than anything i hope that you look forward to being alive have a lovely day really want to grab my beard but what are you gonna do <laughs> d- d- is it is it grow outable yeah it is yeah but it's like nasty looking laura doesn't like it too much i see yeah the sacrifices oh, i forgot i gotta change my settings on my twitch i know i was forgetting something uh oh i can do it on my phone um yeah i haven't i haven't practiced doing this enough where i like i remember to do everything you've had what like eight ten 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 total yeah i think i think this will be the tenth if that's what i'm counting okay do you remember what the last you said you were listening to i listened i listened to a lot of um the one you did with Alex. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cause I, that was like a laundry day for me. So lots of podcast listening happened. Um, uh-huh. That, and that was on Wednesday that I was listening to that. Mm-hmm. And I, li- I listened to some of the Keegan one and then some of the Danny one as well. So nice. All, all the people that I have some sort of a friendship connection. With, <laughs> yeah. Or, or our lives have intertwined in the past. Hey, our lives are forever intertwined, Mr. Riley. They are. I was I was thinking about that. How um like I think our lives were intertwined before we even like 
may have known of each other probably or at least, or at least met each other like we were yeah. in the same spheres you know yeah we were bound to meet but i mean the uh, fact that we made me we became good friends god damn it the cats are fighting our, our, our cats do that too so annoying now do they do they fight um maliciously or like playfully sometimes both sometimes one or the other <laughs> <laughs> depends on the day yeah. that's it all right um yeah let me turn off these lights real quick and i'll be back show Yeah, apparently they needed to eat. Yeah, that was spooky running around, actually. I thought it was them fighting, but it was just spooky running around like a fucking madman. Gun ham. <laughs> All right, Mr. Riley Green, how are you doing? Pretty good. Yeah. You know, just stay, just ate dinner. Slight, slight indigestion, but that seems to be like a constant thing these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But generally speaking, I mean, fine, I guess. Like, all right, this podcast is going to go really well. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me close this. Uh, I, I, I would say I haven't, I haven't gotten really high on the good meter, but I haven't gotten really low recently either. I'm kind of just like, yeah, hovering. Yeah. You were you're you're kind of like in a homeostasis in a sense. Yeah, I think my life has been generally speaking quite mm-hmm. hom- homeostatic. So, yeah. Is that the term? I don't fucking know. It works <laughs> for me though. I I completely understand what you're saying. Um but yeah, let's do a quick little intro on Mr. Riley Green. Who who are you? What do you do? What is your life about? What purpose do you serve here? Wow. I'm not literally not starting, starting out with the hard hitters right off the bat. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was just fucking around. I just give me- uh, well, my name is Riley. Hey. I recently turned 30. Hello. Um, I'm married to a lovely lady. I'm a cat daddy. I've got two two cats. Oh, yeah. What are your cats names? Uh, Emma, uh, there's brother and sister. There's Emma, and then there's Gomez or mm. Go- Gomi. Gomi, <laughs> and they they are a little over one, so mm-hmm. they're still very kitten like and mm-hmm. energetic and annoying a lot of the times, but also very sweet. And, you know, cuddly. Yeah, yeah. They 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 add more to our lives than they take away, which is which is the goal. The goal <laughs> with pets. That's a pretty pretty big goal, but yeah, uh, goal. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, I make money by being a teacher. Yes. Ooh, what so do you teach? I teach um, world history, and then I teach IB psychology. I, I have no formal training in psychology at all, mm-hmm. and yet here I am teaching IB psychology. So that's kind of been a trip this this year. That's uh, funny. I stay like one week ahead of the students because, like, yeah. IB psychology it's supposed to be like a class where they get college credit for it. If yeah, 
pass it. Yeah. So. International Bacheloretto. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. Troy, Troy alumni. <laughs> we are the warriors. Uh, <laughs> and let's see. So that's how I make money. I like to, I enjoy writing. I would like to one day make money writing, but mm. who knows if that'll ever happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Wonderful. Mm, yeah. Obviously, you know, I'm a lion and anybody who's listening to this podcast should know that my name is a lion. <laughs> <laughs> <Bye>. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to my podcast again. Uh, it was originally going to be called like, I think I told you at like the wedding or something. It was like, I wanted to call it. So you ever thought about killing yourself and well, like I, start off like that? <laughs> I think that was like way before the, cause it you, was, huh? you had this in the works for a while. I feel like that. Uh-huh. I don't know where it was. Maybe it was at yeah. Josh's the one time that I met Laura that you were talking. Ooh, that's funny. I don't, I'm not sure. I know I've like brought it up. Cause I like, I've been, wa- I've like always wanted just to be like, you know, I'm just throwing this out there. Like, Odds of me doing it are pretty like bad because I'm I half ass everything. So I'm like, if I do it though, like, do you think you'd like it? Do you think that'd be tight? <laughs> you think it, would it was there? your informal surveying that you were doing beforehand. Yeah. And uh yeah, now I finally did it. I started it up this year. No, it seems year. like it seems like you've like transitioned into like uh I don't know, you're like doing like the video game streams and all that. You got like your at home I got a weird life now. Stream uh I don't the like the bridge on Star Trek, you know, you just have like streaming, <laughs> streaming podcasts, streaming your video games. Yeah. Doing art, doing I'm I'm doing weird shit, dude. <laughs> I love it though. Yeah. Because it seems like you're mm-hmm. happy. <laughs> I I genuinely am, dude. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I've like discovered too. Uh by the way, every time I smoke uh during our intros and stuff, I like to say to all our relations in honor of Sequana who taught me that. There's a Indian saying, and it's it roughly translates to that, but it's like when they smoke tobacco and do like traditional smokings, of like their tobacco and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they basically, before smoking, say to all our relations, because you know, it's this. I'm honoring the memory of everybody that has been here and will be here. I see. Is it? Um... Like beyond human relations, is it is it your relation to what you are smoking to and like the to the all yeah. to all our relations? <laughs> that's the craziest thing too. It's like when I like this has been a recent thing, and that's why I feel like the podcast was able to take off the way it did. Um, was like finding this footing on really weird ground, especially considering the times right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, like as soon as. COVID started, like, I didn't fucking know what I was going to do, to be honest with you. This is Laura's, like, fucking, literally, her, like, her greatest fear coming true. And so, like, she's trying not like to, like, a pandemic? Mm-hmm. Okay. She's like, I, I knew this would happen during, like, my lifetime, and, like, I've been scared of it ever since I was little and shit. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, dude, yeah. So we're, like, terrified. Like, we, we're, like, over the top, like, cleaning the shit out of anything that comes into our house and, and like comes across our uh general distance uh but yeah uh ever since this started i've been listening to more podcasts and like kind of taking time to look at myself and see you know like the one of my greatest fears with the podcast is like anybody's like fear when they have like a public platform which is to like in a way like feel super phony 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like who yeah. am i who, who the <laughs> fuck am i to say anything about any topic oh, yeah who are yeah. you to teach fucking ib psych <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> exactly that's how so, i feel every day i i hope that they never stray off of the thin road of knowledge i've constructed for them because as soon as they ask a question that just deviates in the slightest it's like hmm yeah, let's let's research that. Let's uh, I'll get back to you. Let me ask my wa- let me ask my wife about that. So yeah, I feel like a fraud every time in that class. Yeah, I imagine, man. I would totally feel the same way. Um, shoot, what was the other thing I was gonna say? Oh, one of the other things too was like uh, a really really great uh, revelation for myself was when I had like that really crazy mushroom trip during COVID. And like everything scared me. Yeah. Well, COVID has lasted so long that Mm -hmm. like you talking about that seems like it was so long ago. So for that to have been like still COVID, it's like, oh, shit. But I remember seeing you or talk about that or like online or must have been online if it was during COVID. Yeah. Cause I was just like, dude, I I feel like I've died. I I literally felt like I died. So I was like, I'm just going to fucking post about it because I felt like my ego had died to a degree. Like I felt, like I wasn't in my body. I didn't, I wasn't me. I didn't recognize who the fuck I was. And it was like all these like fears that I'd like always run away from just like overrode me and just annihilated me in every degree. And I was like, dude, I'm fucking nothing. And the only way I'm going to get through any of this is like to just take it day by day. And it's like, cause this isn't the end of the world. Like, I'm sorry, but like, I'm, I'm still alive. And I, have to live apparently like you you apologize i'm sorry but i'm still alive like i want to like give up and like go towards like that dark route of like just fuck life fuck all this and like die a little bit faster but uh the fact that i was able to go this other route with uh that trip and like really gain insight and that's when i like reached out to my family who i hadn't really talked to in a while and I was just like starting a group text with them and just telling them like, you know what, you guys, like, I'm just giving you a heads up. Like, I, I feel bad that we haven't talked and stuff. And like, I'm not good at it. And I was just like, but nobody's, it's one of those things. Like, I am noticing all these things, but I'm not doing anything about anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing anything about anything. So it was one of those times and like really clear moments where I was just like, fuck, like, all I got to do is try something. Like this is going to be beneficial, like either to me or you and probably both of us and or anybody who possibly listens to just in the sense of like gaining a new perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know anybody else who thinks or like talks like me, but I mean, that'd be cool if there was. And if you happen to know them when you listen to this, I'm like, cool. But like all of this is just new to me. Like I'm just understanding, like nobody really knows what's going on. Nobody knows or has it together. Everybody's a fraud in some sense of like, existing oh yeah it's weird having this body of like but it's 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 almost well it's not almost it is freeing to like realize that i feel like because when you i feel like there is a tendency especially online for people to like portray that they are like and i I even find myself doing that sometimes like oh i'm Mm -hmm. an expert on this but like (laughs) it's freeing to be like no i'm not i don't i don't really know shit yeah it's and that you were able to, to like have a beneficial trip i feel like whenever i've gotten like way too high on like edibles mm-hmm. i've always been way too freaked out to like let it be beneficial for myself yeah. where it sounds like it was 
scary to a degree what you it went was, through, but you yeah. like embraced it and like changed or yeah, found, found a way to interpret it like positively whereas i feel like whenever i've gotten way too high it's like i'm just like riding it out like <laughs> gripping onto my consciousness trying not to let go of it and like uh, Dude, yeah and like once you realize that all of that is just like actually making it worse for you then you're just like well it's either it's so hard to not let that happen though too sometimes you're in, mm-hmm. only in control so much so you kind of just let it go it could be really good, really bad. But I mean, this one happened to be a really beneficial one because I was already like kind of in a, a setup to do that. Like we started watching a bunch of Queer Eye and stuff and I was like, a bunch of people just like helping other people and you're seeing like genuine reactions and stuff. And like, sure. We read, yeah, it's like we can read between the lines and like call something out as like fake or something. But like, it's genuinely a pretty good like message and like a really cool show. And it, it, this one was done really well. The new Netflix one. Yeah, no, I I haven't watched all of them, but mm. we we have like nighttime shows that we both watch together, mm-hmm. and Sasha has like her daytime shows that she watches. Her so stories. I so I like in passing will like take in an episode, then like miss several episodes, and Queer Eye was one of those ones. Mm. So. so it definitely it does it does give you like those nice those nice vibes. Oh, watching. totally, and, um, absolutely, there. and that one also that also helped like me start getting a better like grasp on how to go about my podcast. Cause like, yeah, it's, I intended to be just a great conversation, but definitely going to, you know, pick at things. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like the first question is going to be like, Hey Riley, have you ever thought about killing yourself? <laughs> um, what do you know? <laughs> uh, well, I, I feel like I would be doing a disservice to like the seriousness of that. If I said like, yes, because I've never been suicidal. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, I think it would be pretty crazy if nobody has ever not thought about like killing themselves to some degree, like not even totally. if it's serious, but just like in passing, like thinking mm-hmm. about it. Um, so, yeah, I would say more likely what I've experienced as I've gotten older is the fact that like I enjoy living. I don't want to die. Mm-hmm. But the more I think about death, the more I'm like, it just seems like like a relief almost like yeah. like like worst case scenario is like nothing at least mm-hmm. in my in my cosmology like worst case scenario it's, it's nothingness and that's like it's that's a relief like you don't have to deal with like the fucking weight and pressure of just living and like making a living mm-hmm. and all of that um whereas like best case scenario who even knows i mean <laughs> I, I, li- I like I like to hypothesize about it, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't. That's a great. That's a perfect answer because it, it it it's exactly what I want out of this. Like the actual like degrees and varying ideas on it, but it's still the same feeling. Like you still feel like death is an option, and you just like think about it and like kind of just ruminate on it. Like just your more your own mortality almost. I feel like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, coming, so that's, coming to terms, yeah, to a degree, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. um, oh, 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 I was gonna say like we kind of touched on it earlier, but like generally mm-hmm. speaking, I would say that I'm like happy might be a stretch, but like enjoy living, I guess. Like I'm right above yeah. the I'm right above the little happiness, yeah, the happiness line, you know, mm-hmm. and 
rarely do I ever get like really high up there because I feel like I'm a very like even keeled person, but like rarely do I dip. I've had definitely periods of my life where I dipped absolutely low, never to the depths of like um like being suicidal or um but yeah, I guess like just the, I guess it's like growing up and like actually and it's such a privileged thing to say because I lived like <laughs> the most of my life in like a very privileged circumstance but like just realizing how much like adulthood just it's like constant work and constant is, like dude. stress and constant just like worrying Living. about the future <laughs> that you can't even live in the present it's like I guess that's where it comes into it. it's like yeah like if I don't believe which i definitely don't believe in like eternal damnation then like death doesn't seem that bad like the pain you might experience before death like yeah that would probably suck um and probably just my biological desire to live will kick in and that'll Mm -hmm. cause me to like freak out somewhat but um i don't know it just it almost seems it seems like a relief to just not have to worry about the future not saying that i would want to die but Uh But like, so let me ask you this, uh, when, when you, when you, when you talk about having that thought, um, have you ever had like a traumatizing moment where, or like a really sad moment, I guess I could also say, um, where it's just like the idea, you know, you can get over things, but the idea of just being able to like call it quits early and just like unplug essentially from, from the world, like. How, like how have you dealt with that like did you explain that and i missed it or <laughs> no you're not that high <laughs> you didn't you didn't miss that um but i can be <laughs> don't damn me uh so i guess um I guess we could go back to a time where our lives were interacting a lot, not as much as like during our, like the garage days, but uh, like during the green bliss era. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I just graduated college. Um, was very, what? You were living at home. Yeah. I was living at home. I had moved back in with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, very just like different, um, ideologies than my parents on multiple fronts and Mm -hmm. things um i should also preface all of this by saying that all of what i'm going to say is it's going to sound so much like like white boy stuff like losing (laughs) losing my religion or like getting mad at your parents over like politics or like that's not all it's going to be but yeah I I should preface it by saying that I very much recognize that, although it does not take away the realness of how I experienced it. I totally recognize that it is. This is not like the heavy hitting thing per se. But Um, I feel like there's a, there's a little bit uh, of a, a flaw in most of us to compare our experiences, but like, that's the only like measurement that we really have on like a pretty basic scale. So it's like, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. yeah, but I I will I will uh, let the record show that it's been prefaced. <laughs> if you if you missed all that, just like rewind. And yeah. listen. Put the little little in the note, the podcast <laughs> note. You can say go to whatever <laughs> we're at right now for the. Yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, go ahead. Okay, um, so yeah, I had moved home with my parents, and um, I've always been pretty like good at school, so like. 
basically from like you know preschool to finishing college like your primary at least if you're privileged enough your primary worry is school that you are Mm -hmm. doing like you're not worrying about like you have you know part-time jobs to make money but you're not providing for yourself at least in the Mm -hmm. classic middle class lifestyle you're you're not you're not so uh i've always been good at school and i feel like with school you have like this constant reinforcement of like you do work you get Mm -hmm. feedback on that work and you're like oh yeah like I'm being reaffirmed in my value that I am like succeeding at this task that I am doing. Mm-hmm. And I've always enjoyed school. And then all of a sudden I graduated college and like, just like you're thrust into like the cold, harsh world where like nobody gives you affirmation. <laughs> and on top of that, I was like very much, very like naive in a sense. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like when you like criticize capitalism, there's two stages you go through. Whereas one is like, I do not want to partake in this corrupt system, not realizing that like everybody that's, that's the goal of fucking capitalism. Everybody has to fucking partake in it to some degree, Mm -hmm. unless you just like inherit wealth or beat the system somehow. Um, (laughs) But like, that was my mindset. Like, so like my dad was really like writing my ass about like, you got to get a job. You got to like do this and that. Like I, had no idea what I, I got a degree in like history and philosophy. Like what the fuck are you going to do with that? Um, so uh, <laughs> uh, that's what I was just like hanging out at green bliss every day, writing mm-hmm. a, a book, like uh-huh. not unemployed, like, you know, just, <clears throat> and I feel like that smoking a lot of weed. And that was when I first like dipped into like really feeling anxiety and like understanding Mm. what anxiety is where like I felt like I was too high when I was like stone cold sober (laughs) like uh and it it was a really weird feeling because like like I said I had had such like a great life or just like a privileged life that I never had really like felt that uncomfortable in like my own Mm -hmm. mind which is very like it's a frightening, like mental health is such a frightening thing because like your mind is messed up. And like, how do you like think your way out of something when yeah. your thoughts themselves are messed up and like just realizing, and I feel like it's very like, it's like the snowball effect of like, Oh mm-hmm. shit. Like I like where you like, I would wake up in the morning and I probably for like two minutes, I'd be like, Oh yeah. Like feeling good. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, Oh no, I felt anxious yesterday. And then all of a sudden I would like start feeling like anxious again. And then it would just like follow. So that Mm -hmm. was like the first time that I really dipped below like that middle bar we're talking about of like happiness where like Mm -hmm. I was, and I I would just go for like walks for like hours then, because like the only way I would feel better is if I was moving, like for Mm -hmm. some reason, like keeping up, like, my body matching the pace of my thoughts helped in some way. Um, yeah. Where did you walk? Oh, I fucking <laughs> walked everywhere in Fullerton. Like I would Hell just yeah. like, I would just like keep walking for like hours, just like yeah. not even listening to stuff sometimes just like walking, which probably wasn't like and you're alone with your thoughts, but then the, some, for some reason, the, just the movement helped. Yeah. Um, oh, totally. But, uh, and I would, I would say that was like a really like it sucked, but it was a really like empathy building experience to like re because before like people could talk about depression and anxiety and I would never have like any understanding really of what they're talking about besides like, you know, just like 
what they tell you, but actually experiencing like your own mental health get like fucked up. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think, I feel like it's such like an empathy building thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And the the reason I start with this, because this is not a monumental thing at all, but Mm -hmm. this probably started in like September of 2014. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in January of 2015, that's when my dad died. And like that, and we can get into that, but that was like, it was almost like the low of that shook me out of the other low that I was in. Like I couldn't get out of that anxiety, like riddled low. And then all of a sudden, like hitting a new depth, like anxiety was like the least of my worries. Then Mm -hmm. it's like my whole life was just fucking like, something that you think is going to be constant for at least like decades longer is all of a sudden gone. And it's Mm -hmm. like, um, especially when like that person is such like a centerpiece of your family. Um, uh, so I, I, yeah, I don't know where you want to go with this. Like if we, we want to like jump in, jump into that. Cause I think, I think we're both ready to jump in. I'm just waiting for you to just take the wheel. Jesus. Okay. Uh, Cause what I was thinking about you prior to this is, and I'd, mm-hmm. I'd like to get into this eventually, mm-hmm. how both of us have had two very different experiences of like the slow death and the surprise death yeah. of a parent and just mm-hmm. like, contrasting those um, experiences. Yeah. Cause I, th- I don't want to say there's pros and cons to each because that makes it sound like there are good things. Yeah, no, just yeah. like there, there are interesting comparisons to be made. And yeah, it, yeah I'd be super happy to get into that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but since we're already on the topic, let's just go ahead and talk about yours and then we'll start. We'll probably sprinkle in some of that comparison stuff in there. Probably. Yeah, I'll, so I'll have do, plenty of stories. <laughs> let's go. Do we want like a, like a play by play or like, what I, are we? Like... I, I leave it completely up to you. Whatever is comfortable for you to like talk in whatever way that it, it's easiest for you to like, uh, just talk it out. I mean, either way, you're probably going to get interrupted by me. Cause I'm like, I'm pretty stupid and I'm a little high, so I'm probably going to forget or not hear you. Right. So, yeah, that's great. It'll help me clarify my own thoughts. You asking the questions because I'm when you had asked me to be on this, I actually thought about this and I don't think I've ever like given like the talked through what happened from my, like I've told um, Sasha about it. but maybe never like excruciating detail of like a play by play by play yeah. of what happened. Yeah. And I, I don't want to get into too much detail. Cause it's like, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, I, I just feel like it'd be boring for people for me to like walk through everything that happened. Um, best things that I've read have been like, like all of that stuff is so interesting to hear and like hear your perspective on. So if you want to share that, I don't think it'd be boring. I think it'd be interesting, but okay. yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I can. I'll try to. I'll try to give an abridged version. You can give me like the, like the. <laughs> if you if you want me to speed it up or like. Uh, I'm not but, but about I, to do that anytime soon. I'm down to do a three hour podcast. Let's fucking go, baby. All right. Uh, do uh, we have a time limit? By the way, do you have a time constraint at all? I, uh, you gotta be in no. Bed? No, okay. I don't. I don't have any time constraints. Sweet. All right. At least I'm ready when you are. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, I guess. We could start it out with, I 
was just talking about how mm-hmm. like feeling anxiety coming back to live with your parents uh, mm-hmm. af- after your college experience. And, you know, I, we both, well, you grew up in like Anaheim and Fullerton, but we're both like Fullerton, Fullerton yeah, boys. Yeah. So, um, you know, very like middle-class family, Orange County. So like very Christian conservative family, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Uh, I love your family. <laughs> no they're they're great they're yeah they're, they're they're very they're very sweet um there's a camera uh, sorry yeah i see i see that little uh <laughs> at least i should hope that's a little cat tail that's broken up there uh, <laughs> uh anyway <laughs> so yeah i guess i grew up in a very religious family i've Everybody, everybody who grows up in a religious family is religious up until some point. So I, I would say that like through like elementary school, of course, we're like going way back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, <laughs> Let's take it downtown. Let's go. Uh, you know, you like if, if you, the worldview your parents teach you is like God exists. Jesus died for you. Like, you're going to believe that to some extent is that your parents. And like, they obviously know what's right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No. But I would say that I've always been somewhat skeptical. Um, One of the questions that always like that I asked my parents, they could never give me a satisfactory answer to Mm -hmm. is like, um, so, you know, like Christianity, you die, you go to heaven, you live forever. Like there once you experience consciousness, it's like, there is no end to consciousness, you know, it's just like, you're going to be alive forever. So me as a little kid, I would ask them like, so like, where was I before I was born? Like, yeah. like if my consciousness never ends on the one side, like I, was I always around on the other side? And they would always like, just be like, you didn't exist. And I feel like to me, it was just like, well, if what? I didn't exist before I was born, like, why would I still exist after I was born? Like there was just, and I'm sure you can philosophically argue you you can, you can say that that makes sense. But to me as a little kid, that just didn't make sense. It was uh-huh. like, you know, if nothingness is one of my bookends, why wouldn't nothingness be like my other bookend on mm-hmm. life? Like, um, and then also, this this would be some comedic relief when i um uh, i'm gonna laugh regardless <laughs> when i uh i feel like and i the more i think about this as an adult and i could just be making this up but i feel like when i i was late to the game to figure out that santa claus and the easter bunny didn't exist like i held on to that belief for a long time and then how long i, I was probably like 10 Ooh, yeah, that's a while yeah uh yeah i think maybe, i was like I think it was like nine or 10 actually though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, once again, your parents, they tell you this thing exists, you know, you, um, well, I guess with Santa Claus and the Easter bunny, you actually see like physical, uh, products of their labor. It's (laughs) It's, like a black box. Yeah. It's not all (laughs) invisible. Like, like God and Jesus is where, you know, you just apply their actions to like, things um but anyways when my mom told me that that didn't exist i i really felt like and my mom will even tell you like how crushed i was but like such a betrayal of just like <laughs> trust like that your that your parent your parents tell you like these things exist mm-hmm. they get you to believe in them these things that you have never seen before but they tell you that they're real and they get you to believe in them and then all of a sudden they're like psych like these things never existed. And I feel like i never really recovered from that when it came to religion. Cause it's uh-huh. just the next natural extent that you're like, well, if the Santa doesn't exist, like 
What the fuck is real? Why, why would this other invisible, like, Jesus character you've been telling me about, like, why would he exist <laughs> either? Um, but then I would say that I gave it, like, one more, like, good college try in, like, eighth grade, where you're, mm-hmm. like, you know, you're, like, becoming, like, a man, or you think you are becoming a man, because uh, you... you like, or at you're, least you really want to. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're ejaculating, so you think that you are a man at, at that age. Um, and so I gave it, like, one last try then, and then I would say, like... <laughs> that didn't really work. And then like all through like out high school still, I was forced to go to church, but Mm -hmm. didn't, didn't really believe it wasn't like a personal belief. And then going to college, that's where I finally got like taking philosophy classes, like something to build up in the place of religion. Cause prior Mm -hmm. to that, there was like nothing to fill the gap of religion, like for like, I don't know, making sense of the world. Um, But anyways, that's just to say that like, I grew up in a, very conservative religious household. So when I came back from college, like, um, you know, (laughs) was never going to believe in God or Jesus again, but like, could not just like flat out tell that to my, my mom. And like, you feel like you're, you're being the betrayer now. (laughs) It was like, I, it was easier to like, just like not tell them that and to like leave them with like the hope that like, Oh yeah, maybe, maybe it would happen. But like, I don't know, like for me, especially like studying history, it, it was just like so easy to see the Bible as like a historical text written by mm-hmm. the, the culture of the time that it was like, mm-hmm. no mom, like you can't use the Bible to me to prove that God exists with the Bible. And then like, think that like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. She still does it to this day, but like tries to convince me that like God exists using the Bible and like just this like <laughs> this like regurgitated logic. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so there was of course that tension because for my parents, religion was very important. So there mm-hmm. was that tension. There was the tension that like I was smoking lots of weed and smoking a lot of cigarettes, and like those are two things that you know, you can hide them to the best of your ability, but they're not going to like be hidden forever. So there was Mm. that on top of it. There was the fact that like, I didn't have a job and like my dad was very on top of that. So it wasn't like, I'm saying all of this because my dad was like a great provider and a great dad when we were like young Mm-hmm. Um, as children like you couldn't ask for a better dad than he was as a kid like he would work long hours come home still make time to play with us to like do stuff with us like great dad for little kids but i do think as we became older he really struggled with um having children that weren't like him like that he couldn't create like mm-hmm. little like you know Mm-hmm. him 2.0s you know whether mm-hmm. it was you know my brother um being gay or me like not believing in because my brother is like much more conservative in like religion and like even politics to some degree but is gay mm-hmm. whereas me like straight but you know not conservative at all not religious at all so i feel like like he couldn't he couldn't just accept that and be like oh yeah like they're adults like they're their own humans so i I wouldn't say we had a bad relationship. It just wasn't like a close relationship. It was kind of mm-hmm. like a, like a cordial relationship, but we never yeah. like, I think with, for e- both of us, it was much easier to, um, to like not get into it with each other. So we preferred, yeah. we preferred not to, and that all kind of came to a head when like, you know, 
his unemployed son is just hanging out at a coffee shop all day, you know, smoking cigarettes, living at home and like, you need to get a job. So that created a lot of tension. Um, and this was all happening, like, you know, the six months before my dad died. So, mm-hmm. um, summer. Yeah. So I would have graduated college in like May. So from May until January, this was mm-hmm. like everything that was happening where like home. So six months, like 180 days. <laughs> Good math. <laughs> uh, so just to say that, like, you know, I feel like this adds to the other part of the story, just knowing that there was like this tension where like I was, mm-hmm. you know, a young adult, but he didn't really see me as that. And like, we weren't really vibing on <laughs> very many levels at this point in time. Yeah. Um, uh, so home was just kind of an uncomfortable place, which I think is why I spent like so long not at home because yeah. it was just it was much more preferable to do that like it was just uh, a place where you slept <laughs> yeah essentially it was a place where i slept and i would you know i would like eat dinner at home like two days a week just to keep them happy <laughs> you know uh and take a hot shower yeah no exactly <laughs> uh so yeah then come so that this that i got really like sick just like nasty cold um that december i'm sure you experienced this too where like the most like stupid details like stand out to you stuff that you mm-hmm. would never like remember otherwise yep. um uh and in the moment you're like i'm gonna remember this but i don't know why like you almost feel it sometimes you're like yeah. i'm gonna remember this and it's gonna be fucking weird but i don't know why yeah no totally and then there's things that like you don't think you're gonna remember but then something like so so big emotionally happens that then that like stupid thing just like stands out to you Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh so i i had gotten really sick and like to the point where like just like a bad cold not like Mm -hmm. real sick but like where it like lingers for like two weeks um yeah and uh my parents and my little brother they had gone they have like a you've been it's like a little condo out on the lake yeah they had gone out there for the new new years um and you know that was always great for me when they went out to the lake because it was like oh i can be at comfortable in like my home where i'm living um but anyways they were out there and one morning like uh, it's probably like nine o'clock like it's not that early but like i wake up to all these text messages from like my mom my dad my little brother i like telling me to like call them and stuff and like all this sort of, you know, how like, you know, my dad wasn't feeling well or something. And my, I should preface this with like my dad before has like had gone in the ambulance to the hospital, but it was for like vertigo or stuff like that. So like mm-hmm. nothing that's like super serious, but just like, so when I see all this, my, and I'm like, uh, you know, early twenties, mm-hmm. somewhat like little shithead at this point in time. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm an adult, but I'm not yeah. really an adult. Like I hadn't yeah. like grown up. Like I was still living in sort of this like fantasy world of like how things should be not realizing like, no, that's not how they are. You need to live with that or find a way <laughs> to live with it. Um, yeah. uh, so I, I see all these texts and the, my first response, response is like annoyance like why why the fuck are they like bugging me like what Mm -hmm. what is like all this like bullshit like it's it's too early like and 
the thing that really got to me is they're like, you need to come out here and be with your brother. And it's like an, it's like over an hour away. And I was mm-hmm. like, like, what? Like, and Connor was like in, in ninth grade at that time. So like, mm-hmm. it was also like, why, why do I need to like go out there and be with like this ninth grader? Um, yeah. So I was like taking my time. I still took a shower. I'm one of those people that like needs to eat breakfast. So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm still going to have breakfast. I'm not going to not eat breakfast. And, but the whole time that I'm doing this, I'm like still getting text messages. Like, have you left yet? Like, where are you? And stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so then finally I'm like, okay, like, I guess it's, I guess it's more serious. Like I need to get out there. Um, and what time I, was it? It was, it wasn't, it didn't take that. Long. It was probably like almost 10 by that point in time. Okay. So like yeah. it hadn't taken me that much longer and like um so i i'm like going out to the car i'm still feeling like annoyed but i'm starting to feel more like oh maybe this is like serious if they're all like acting so like freaked out yeah and Uh, what what details did you get i don't even really remember the details at this point in time i think Mm -hmm. it was like you know your dad was feeling unwell um you know he was feeling weak or like and then like an ambulance came to take him to the hospital. But I, and I think it's part just like, you don't like think of people just like dying. I guess until you lose somebody, you don't just think of people are like dying out of nowhere. Like, like that's not, that's not the first thing that comes to your mind. Like the thing that came to my mind, is like, Oh, like dad is just being paranoid. Yeah. He just had to get hospitalized. Yeah, yeah, he just like, he, he, he was paranoid about his health and he called an ambulance to go to the hospital. And- yeah. It, it, Cause it had happened before. So it didn't seem like a big deal mm. to me. Um, but then I get in the car and um, that's when my mom called me mm. and like, that is a moment that will forever be just emblazoned in my mind because mm. it was, it was like, <laughs> like despair incarnate in someone's voice like just yeah. like 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 i <laughs> i've never heard someone's voice sound like that and i doubt i will ever hear it sound like that again especially my mom's like i will mm-hmm. i never like you know you live with your parents for like 20 plus years and you you think you know everything about them but this was like a whole new voice and she like calls me like says my name and then just like immediately tells me that my dad has died and like just in that moment like the combination of her voice and just just like the the finality of like being told something like that it Mm -hmm. it it, like your i don't know like your your brain just all of a sudden just like like it like has to like it it, it's trying to come to terms with what you have heard yeah and like it it that noise was perfect (laughs) (laughs) uh and I feel like you're like my initial reaction is just to go into like shock and you want to just like shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, But then she's immediately going on from that to then tell me like, um, okay. So you like, she gets into like business mode. Like Mm -hmm. I can tell that she is completely just like, I don't know. Like (laughs) it's like, She's trying to, she's, she's trying to find a way out of this. Like, yeah, like she is tattered, but like, she still is like mom enough to like get into like business mode. And she tells me, like, okay, Christ. you need to, you need to come out here. You need to pick up your brother, but don't tell him that your dad has died with like, Oh, <laughs> like, okay. I'm Fuck. like, yeah. I'm supposed to like play off that. Like the, the most monumental news in my lifetime has. 
as I pick up my brother. Um, and then she tells me like, don't go inside and tell your sister, like, don't, don't let your sister know. Cause Katie was, um, inside, um, because just, um, you know, my, my sister has had a bunch of like health, both mm-hmm. physical and mental health struggles. So I think my mom just, she didn't want me to like drop that news on my sister and then just peace out and leave my sister alone, totally. to, like stew in that. Um, mm-hmm. But just like, I'm like a floundering in that moment. <laughs> and Jesus. Uh, also, oh, also I'm like the third, I'm the third uh, sibling. My, mm-hmm. my sister's the oldest. Um, mm-hmm. And then my, I have a brother who, I mean, you know this, but for those who are listening, uh, and my brother is very like type A. Um, and he's always the one that like, he gets shit done. Like I, mm-hmm. I got to skate through a lot of life because I had him as my brother to like do stuff where it was like, classic, you know, nothing, nothing is expected of Riley because like Tyler will do it. Or I'm, I'm like the helper, you know? Yeah. Um, but he was living on the East coast at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was like my first real, like being thrust into like, no, I like don't. you're the fucking man right now. Like your dad's dead, like slapping you up right there. <laughs> and then it's like, Jesus, man. Uh, your brother, like Tyler's not here. Um, you know, your sister can't help you out. Your, your younger brother, you need to go pick him up. So like in that moment, it, like, Prior to that, like my whole life, I think I've been very like non-confrontational and fine with letting other people like take the lead. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of like, yeah, like you said, like almost like thrust into adulthood in that moment where it's yeah. like, oh shit, for the first time in my life, I can't just like, I can't go numb and I can't like do nothing mm-hmm. in this moment. And very, very like movie-esque moment here. And I'm not yeah. sure if this is like... Um, movies just get it right and that's how humans do <laughs> act in this moment or we've just been conditioned by watching movies that this yeah. is how we react in in these moments i hate the same which, thought, dude. which which it which it is but i had like um just a moment where i'm like hitting the steering wheel like letting mm-hmm. out just like yeah. that like raw emotion of like your dad's fucking dead um, yeah. out of nowhere um crying but then almost like not even being able to like stew in that because like knowing that if I do stew in that, it's just going to make it more difficult. And then it's like the cheesiest fucking mantra, but it, this, this was a mantra that I started repeating like the whole, whole time I was driving out there is like, no, like you got to stay strong for your family. Like you gotta, you, and that, I mean, the Buddhists are onto something with these mantras. Cause even if they're not like, powerful in and of themselves i think just repeating a phrase mm-hmm. like helps you focus your mind on like absolutely that, uh um and like get through uh moments like that yeah i don't remember anything from that drive like uh, <laughs> it's just a fucking blur to you yeah like i i don't remember anything somehow i made it out um there um picked up my brother and like how do you like he he was there when my dad like collapsed and gets taken away so like he he i actually have never um asked him about like what was going through his head at this point in time which would be i should um it'd be interesting yeah um and i think he's old enough now that like we could have that conversation whereas before he probably wouldn't have which Mm -hmm. yes it would be interesting um but just like trying to like pretend 
<laughs> that you're not like at an emotional rock bottom with somebody <laughs> like i i don't know i guess yeah. that's what i guess that's what parenting is like like you can't let your harshest emotions shine through sometimes but uh yeah just like picking him up and trying to like just driving in like silence <laughs> to the hospital like <laughs> I'm sure we said stuff, but I'm not sure. I I don't remember anything. Mm -hmm. And what I do remember though, is this was that day. And I don't, you weren't living in Riverside then, but where it snowed in Riverside, like on like, uh, you know, like sea level, like not even up in the Hills. So driving, driving on the 91 and just like seeing like snow on the side and snow on like houses. (laughs) It was, it was a strangely like, I mean, the whole thing was surreal in like a negative sense, but it added this like n- nice, like magical surrealism to it at the same time. Where like I'm at this emotional rock bottom, but I'm like staring at snow on the, the edge of the 91, which is like, what the fuck is like, yeah, is this even real right now? Like, what is what is going, what is going on? And then getting to the hospital and there being like snow in the planters and like Riverside, <laughs> like what the fuck. Um, uh and then yeah just going in there and my mom was all alone prior to this like nobody was there um she'd been talking to my older brother on the phone um but yeah just hugging her and then her telling my brother you know that um my dad had died and then just seeing like him breakdown in that moment Mm -hmm. like i'm sure he had expected something bad but just like i didn't expect like death i don't think he was either Mm -hmm. um and yeah and then uh going back to like see you know like a dead your dead father like like cold and like just like yeah my first dead body i've ever seen and when it's your dad that's the dead body that it's just like weird i i yeah i mean i'm sure you experienced that somewhat but just like yeah like a cold body is such a weird fuck especially when it's someone that you like love like it's mm-hmm. it's wild there there is like a finality to it absolutely uh, um so just yeah i mean i'm glad that i got to experience it because i was the only sibling that like actually saw like my dad his body because mm-hmm. um but yeah fucking weird mm-hmm. um but then immediately and coming back out and um getting to see the positive sides of I, the community of church because people that my parents had like been going to church for for years there was like a small group that came out to like mm-hmm. actually drove out um there um and that was really helpful. And I, I think that's one, and not just this, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, but just like when people go through like really intense losses like that, like what they, they don't need to like hear you like talk to them or like say anything to them. It's more just like your presence to like take care of like the, the basic shit. But yeah. like if people are there for that, like that, that community is, I feel like the most valuable thing. And, oh, totally. Um, uh so yeah luckily people had come out so like it wasn't like immediately like i was 
in our intense emotion, we're having to call all the shots. We have people who are feeling like less emotion. They're still feeling emotion, but they're able to like help us figure things out. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause my dad really was like in the traditional sense, like <laughs> the breadwinner in the family. And then also the person who like took care of shit in the family. Like he, mm-hmm. he did everything. Um, so yeah, that, um, and then just like going home and I think, I think this is where it would be interesting to hear your perspective because mm-hmm. like the sudden loss of it being like, I don't know, just like everything changing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know, like since like I, f- it's awful to watch somebody die from a disease that just strips their vitality from them. Um, But did that, do you feel like that prepared you anymore for her being gone for like that finality of her being gone? Uh, I feel like I, I, I've struggled with uh, like kind of deciding that for myself as well. Cause it's a little bit of both. Uh, Let me just smoke this real quick. (laughs) By the way, cute little side comment. If you're ever in my Twitch channel, if you type in SB, I'll type it in right now. Uh, oh, sorry, exclamation point, SB. It'll give you an auto response that says, take a motherfucking toke right meow, or at your leisure. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so like the whole like slow decline, because it was two years that two she years. Jeez. two years that she lived with that shit. And the first year was hard at first and got easier. Um, I got adjusted to my whole fucking like commute, all that stuff. And like, I was, I was, I was like stable. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also like, kind of how you said, like all of a sudden, like you have to, all of a sudden, like I was thrust into a adult mode as well um, when I found out. And that's when my like big, like kind of shaking up and slapping in the face kind of came up. Cause it's like, when I looked up like what stage four ovarian cancer is and like how treatable it is and like success rates and all that, like I wanted to hope for the best, but knowing that I was like, I I'm also not going to be naively optimistic. I want to be rational and logical because that's the only way that I can also now be helpful to anybody else. Cause like, this is not just going to be a burden for me. And it like thrust me out of my own, uh, my own fucking sadness as well. Cause, uh, I, I don't know if you remember, but my timeline with my mom's passing was, uh, I had just broken up with, uh, Marissa and we were living together in orange and I moved out to Riverside and that same month, my mom said that she had to go to an oncology appointment because they found lumps and they thought it might be cancerous. And so we go to, and she wanted me to go with her just to like be able to fully understand and be able to, uh, dictate that to like my family and stuff. Cause mm-hmm. she trusted me to do that, uh, relaying of information. Uh, cause I guess she had seen like, two- like translating or, um, like, no, like, just so she doesn't have to do it yeah explaining in a nicer way that like isn't gonna freak him out it's gonna like just calmly sliding it in being like hey just so you know (laughs) 
So Alliance oh, MO <laughs> calmly sliding it in. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is PG-13. Come on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like I had my own like pit of despair that I was already in. And this kind of like forced me out of it and into like this new super low <laughs> of like, oh, yeah, I already like kind of wanted to like kill myself and was like super sad and depressed because of a breakup. And also now my mom's like dying slowly like deteriorating from like one of the worst cancers of all time. And it's just like, it, it, it helped that I was bike racing at the time because one of like the best things that we have, like with our team is just like, this is my life now, dude. Like I'm just going to feel like shit every time, but I know it's worth it because like I, I see progress or I enjoy part of it. And like enjoying part of the pain is like a pretty cool way to uh, deal with things. And I did kind of already know that through bikes like mm-hmm. you there's so much reward for the amount of pain like i go through at least in my eyes and my own like body and mind uh whether it's like a long day on a bike or like fucking shit ton elevation or just riding with no brakes and shit mm-hmm. and doing stupid sketchy shit like <laughs> dude all those like painful things like my shoulders are sore every time i go fucking fixie floop it and like it's worth it to me though because i'm just like giggling and smiling the entire time i'm like why am i doing this this is one of the stupidest things to do (laughs) and i don't know why but it's 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 great because like other people aren't gonna do it and it's doable so like why not do it and Mm -hmm. the fact that i was able to find pleasure in like doing something that other people don't do as often i'm just like oh cool like i can now (laughs) normalize something that isn't normalized for some people and kind of helps with like this whole like podcast idea too but like uh going back to the whole uh loss thing uh with my mom the i can't decide like i said i can't decide if like the hardest part was like if if it was harder to like see it or if it made it easier because part of it did help me a lot uh i was able to grow up before i moved out essentially Mm -hmm. Uh, because I wanted to only live there for like two or three months while I like saved up some money and moved somewhere else back in Fullerton. Mm -hmm. And then I literally just said, well, like I have, I have nothing else going for me right now. So like, why not commit myself to like the one important thing that anybody would want to do? Like if you see somebody who's hurting and like, I mean, obviously it's my fucking mom. So like, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to do everything I can dude. I'm a mom. Yeah. I fucking love my mom to death. She's the only like parent that I've ever had in my entire life. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So like funny thing uh, before I go back into the uh, decaying body feels that were uh, uh, shit, man. Chemo dude is crazy. Uh, But um, one of the nights, and this is the explanation for the podcast, uh, putting a pin right here pinned down uh one of the reasons for the podcast man was this freaking night that uh i had come home from work my mom had just had chemo recently uh my little sister came home and she still happened to be up and it was like i want to say it was like nine and nine or ten p.m and she she had not been feeling well that morning so i assumed she'd be asleep so i was i wasn't sure if i should wake her up or not uh but i saw the light on so i went in there and talked to her for a bit then my sister came home and then we were all just sitting on her bed talking and stuff and uh, I don't know who started the talk, the, the, like the actual conversation about this, but we started talking about how like part of us, like some, like I, 
I know. I feel like I would have said it, but I'm not sure now. But like, I was like, I was really considering like killing myself before any of this happened. Like, I just wanted to share that with you guys because I have like a really good reason for living now and I'm pretty thankful for it. And I don't know if that's actual fact. I'm like spacing on that. But like, I remember the conversation. Is the reason that you were implying there that like taking care of your mom, was that the the reason that you because you you said you have a reason for living now. Was totally. That, that, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. it's like I, I I can commit to something that's going to be super beneficial for like a really shitty circumstance. It's like if I can do something to help somebody in a really shitty situation, like it's a test of like like essentially preaching uh, or uh, doing what I am preaching, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I wanted to embody that, and it was a good like opportunity, and I decided to actually go that route with it because i've been too used to in my sad times to like it's so easy to go down that fucking sad way dude uh like since high school and stuff like there's always been some amount of sadness in me like i will fucking love emo music it it just calms my soul it's super relatable but i don't know why and like now i know that like a lot of my life was like traumatized in a way dude like i have there's a lot of issues that i never knew about and it's like that's where my mental health like was like a very obvious issue and it was just like but now i can like better it really well oh fuck dude look at puma oh, hard at work red the night shift <laughs> <laughs> somebody's got to do it Go, gomez works the night shift at our house emma's more the morning day shift <laughs> gomez works the night shift. little gomi <laughs> uh but yeah um what was i saying fuck that conversation uh, the conversation i was i was originally trying to type this uh explanation on the conversation uh we all ended up sharing moments where we thought we were better off dead for whatever reason uh my mom tried suicide twice both with pills uh, and it didn't work and after she was younger ever, like she was 16 and well, 14 and 16 uh and then uh, when she had my oldest brother, Fernando, who lives in Mexico and I don't really have contact with him. Um, once uh, she had a son, it gave her essentially like a reason for living. And so like, just, I guess it's like a good correlation that I probably made where I was just like, it's a reason. Like, why not take it? Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're like, you've been asking or hoping for like a reason almost. And like, it's here now. So like, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. Are you going to take the blue pill or orange pill or no pill? <laughs> Do you have pills? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Placebo. Uh, but yeah, man, dude, like that conversation just annihilated me. And it, 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 I feel like that's truly the seed for like why I am here doing this now. Um, mm. Yeah, because it was it was you, you had like never even known that up until I, that point. So I was, would have never imagined and like hearing that and like and sharing that so openly and easily, being so vulnerable like that, like it was heart wrenching and like fulfilling at the same time. And it just we just felt more connected. We were just like, okay, like fuck yeah, like you yeah. know what? We can share these informations. I can share with you like my harder times. And like, I understand, I think you'll be able to bear it sort of thing. You know, mm-hmm. like if I can already talk to you about this, like, I feel like you can bear with like the hardest of things that I might have to share with you, which is like with my sister, she had to help her with a lot of like the going to the bathroom when they were, when she was at the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, I'm glad she had her, but like, I 
I, I couldn't ever help in that way. Cause like she would never want to ask me. Yeah. She didn't want to be put me in, in an uncomfortable situation, you know? Yeah. That's just how stubborn she was. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I get it. I'm fucking stubborn too. That's how I got it <laughs> from dude. Yeah. No, um, even thinking about just like the, the sadness too. I mean, that's, that can be generational too. Like that absolutely. sort of thing. So I, I think even hearing that, like, cause you're from what I've heard of your mother, just like such a, I mean, you're like classic, strong, single mother, like taking care of her children to then mm-hmm. be vulnerable and open up about that stuff. Like you might, like you said, you, you didn't even suspect that like she would have ever been at like a low like that. Um, yeah. um but I, I, um, I think you still have more that you, where you, no, no, I was going, I, I, what you're talking about now and after you go, I can share too, because that was my same experience too, mm. with being able to pour yourself into something in the aftermath of, well, mine, it was in the aftermath of the sudden loss, but to you, it was like in the slow decay that you got to pour yourself into that. Um, but yeah, keep going. And then- yeah, totally. So the, the next year, the, you know, she passed, uh, uh at some point my mom had texted all of us that the next recommendation after her like oncologist appointment was that she should go into hospice um it's getting really bad uh because she was already like at home like already kind of like slowly falling apart and she's like we need someone to be watching her all the time now and yeah like i never saw her after like when she was actually dead but like seeing the dying body and it like shriveled up to something that wasn't recognizable as my mother mm-hmm. was slightly easier kind of to like accept and look at, but really? like, it still fucked with me. Yeah. Cause it's like, that's not my mom. Like my mom's gone before this. Like, this is just like the little bits. And it's like, I feel like it's like a, like a ignorant blissful, like hope or something, but like, I don't, none of us know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no. it felt, it felt easier for me to accept it that way at the time. But like, yeah, like when did she actually give up on life? And it's just like, I'm just waiting for my body to go. Like I'm ready and this is going to happen. So like, it's like seeing somebody like fatally shot and you're just like, all right, like, I don't want you to suffer. So like, just fucking go already. <laughs> and so it's like, are you there even like, are you trying to reach the other side? And like, what, what the fuck happens there? You know, like, yeah. whether it's like instant, like the idea of time is insane. Yeah. And the idea of time being just so relative, it's like for that little bit of time, it could be a fucking shit ton of generations of like misery or a bunch of shit. Like you don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. But well, that's, uh, yeah, it's interesting that you, you said it was almost easier. Cause that's one of the parts that I've always imagined being harder, like watching the person fade away and like you said like she is already gone but she was still there at the same Mm -hmm. time and that that seems really difficult to me um yeah like the sudden loss of my dad like like i said when we returned home where where i left off like Mm -hmm. there is just like this gaping like fissure in your life that like all of a sudden what 
what you woke up with that morning is all of a sudden like gone and never coming back and your sense of normalcy yeah. that you've known for so long is gone and that's that's hard in its in its own way but it's like i didn't have to like watch somebody that i love like you know just like fade away it was almost like the fact that he was gone quickly it made it mm-hmm. like i never got to say goodbye or anything like that mm-hmm. but um like it wasn't, it wasn't that prolongedness that you're talking about where you're almost like, okay, like, just like you're, yeah. you're going to die. Like I would rather you almost just like, you're not enjoying life. This is hard yeah. on us all that. Yeah. That, that seems, that seems difficult. I'm glad you were able to look at it in a positive light. That's just, that's mm-hmm. always seemed like one of the, the real difficult thing. Well, one, one thing I will add in about that is that like it, it, the, the whole like void and like desperation feeling of like, in the grieving process for me, uh, I guess it just became more manageable in that way because I'd already shared my like emotions with so many people, like fucking a bunch of the fully bullies and like hanging out and just like having like felt comfortable with my own misery made it easy for me afterwards as well to be like, I know this shit's going to suck. And it's, I'm not about to get over this like in the next day or two, next week or two, next fucking year. I don't know how long I'm going to bear this like this heavy, but this is the first day of a lot of that fucking work. And it's just like one of those things that I just always revert to like, this is my fucking life now. Mm-hmm. Like I I've been through like so many accidents and shit where like it, it's become a pretty easy thing to fall into. Now I have, I have made that my mantra, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. simply from the way that I lived. Um, it's like well all i'm gonna do is ride bikes and hang out and smoke weed with my friends now like and go to work like that's my i guess is my life now mm-hmm. <laughs> like fucking go to the mountains like every, <laughs> every fucking opportunity i had no, uh, i remember that year it was great baldy every week multiple times a week sometimes it was fucking great and it was like this is my life now i guess and it's like okay and I, but also now i want a girlfriend or and or like a social life and that's like a shit ton of time that I can't ride bikes. And like, that's also like, it limits my bike riding style because like I could go ride those days and like pass out coming over to hang out. Cause that's what I would like would have happened a lot of times. I just, yeah, yeah. I just get really high. You pull out like a dozen seven 11 snacks out of your windbreaker. Oh, and your <laughs> but yeah so it was and sweetbreads yeah in the end it it was just a it was a slow process and i've gotten to probably i mean the best state that i can be in all of my mental health ventures which has been an interesting journey and I, i i have enjoyed quite a bit of learning about myself like i don't feel as phony anymore like i know i'm not knowledgeable in so many things but that's fine like my opinion is still fucking valid like (laughs) my feelings and like experiences with all these like i can relate to you like so many like cool things that i know i've heard or like can like it's explained a lot of like my feelings and life and like experiences in much more professional fashion if you want to hear that but like this is all i have and it's like this is make this is what makes it easier for me to share with everybody like we're just fucking talking like two homies you know yeah a couple of brews (laughs) and was tea but yeah uh (laughs) but yeah anyway uh i want you to continue off where you were going Uh, that was just a little bit i wanted to add about the uh the 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 hole after like somebody's gone Mm -hmm. yeah um so yeah when we when like that first night 
you really feel that hole, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where like you know like mm. crying yourself to sleep, waking up crying again, sort of. Um, yeah. One second. Sorry. I, I I was gonna add one more thing because you did mention like the uh, like the immediacy and something I did want to share and forgot to share was that the my my experience i just forgot to share with you uh, was the way i found out that my mom is dead is that uh my cousin called me he was at the hospice that night uh he was gonna leave earlier that morning and he's the one that called me and was like hey like i'm calling you first because i feel like you've been dealing with all of this a lot better um but like it's finally happened like your mom's passed and like all this stuff and being really nice it's like if you need me if you need to take work off and like whatever, but I had, I, I already had to work. Like I was, I was waking up to go to work like 15 minutes earlier than usual because of this phone call in the morning. Mm. Um, and, and you still like, went to work after. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and wow. I was like, I don't think I can get somebody to cover for me. And then what it ended up happening, fortunately it was like, I just texted everybody. I was like, worst case scenario, like I'm gonna have to bail it out of work at some point. Can we just schedule around like, this is what we got to work with right now. Like, and I've dealt with this, like with my whole like mom's chemo and like figuring out appointments where like being the adult kind of came naturally now. Uh, and like calling the shots was like easier for me, like seeing all like the actual viable options and how they're going to mm-hmm. affect everybody. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I was just like, if it's cool with you guys, like I can come in and I think I could work. Um, I think it'd be cool if I came in to close or like for the closing shift at nine 30, it gives me an extra hour to cry my eyes out and like deal with that shit and then be able to come to work and uh, can also leave first. Like, would that be cool with whoever's leaving first? And then we'd rearrange like the whole shift uh, for the day, you know? And mm-hmm. everybody was obviously super understanding. You like, you know, the fucking people I work with, like they were more than down. Yeah. Uh, and they saw this was, ha- they, they knew it was going to happen. So I, I, it's, it's, it was fortunate that everybody was on board and ready to make that last minute adjustment uh to help me out uh but, but you yeah. still went in i still went in and oh, it i Jesus. definitely i couldn't really fucking last dude i made it till right about before lunch and then i was like i i, I think i gotta go That's and it was pretty slow because it's such a it's such like a i thought i could do uh, it <laughs> it's such like a, it's like customer service and how do you yeah. do customers and usually how you are on the job or how yeah. you were on the job was just um you know your own unique self but always in a good mood that yeah that would yeah I dude i like talked to this one lady for like her order and then out of nowhere like something she did or said reminded me of my mom and then i was like oh fuck like and then i basically was just like yo like i'm gonna put this order up can i go to the bathroom i might be like five minutes i might be 15 minutes i i don't know what ha- what's happening but like i'm sorry and then like in the bathroom i might be like texting be like can anybody come in and like cover right now is that too much? Like, cause other, other people had school and stuff. So, and they were yeah. already at school. Cause I was like, I think I got it. Mm-hmm. And, and so I managed to do what I could and then left like it, it, the lunch rush wasn't super bad. So they were able to handle it and they just let me go. Cause I was there. nobody wants, nobody needs to see that. <laughs> well, nobody should have to go. go well, I thought I, like I said, I thought I could do it. I, get, I think I give myself a little too much credit sometimes. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's a situation that only happens once, so it's not like you you knew how it was going to be. Yeah. Um, All right. Continue your story now. 
Uh, my story. Let's see. Where was I? Oh, just, okay. yeah. Like, yeah, you just, I don't really remember much from that week either. Um, <laughs> that fucking haze. Yeah, it is. It is really just like a haze where you're at like that. Like it's the like numbness and the shock of it. I mm-hmm. do remember, um, really kind of like you were saying, just like pouring myself into doing whatever I could for like my mom around the house. And then uh, my older brother was able to fly in and then he was able to like quarterback a lot of like the like funeral stuff and Mm -hmm. like organizing that. But then was able to like um, pour myself into like, you know, just whatever, picking out a coffin, like just like stuff like that. Like basically anything to avoid just like being stuck in Mm -hmm. your thoughts or stuck in, um, your emotions and i think it really is just like that shock i think like you were able to prepare for it somewhat but obviously like when it's actually comes around like that mm-hmm. day where you were at work like it, it just yeah. hits you because um, all of that was uh fucking done by the time she passed like she had taken care of everything because mm-hmm. yeah like it's just one of those things like come on like we know it's going to happen. So like just whoever needs to take care of it, take care of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so let's see. There's, there's two, there's two things I could talk about now that I think like in the aftermath that helped me like claw my way out of the sadness or like mm. at least like stay afloat in the sadness. Um, so the, f- uh, which one should we address first? Should we, should we get uh, material or, or spiritual first? Let's go material first. Material first. Yeah, because right. spiritual could like, it opens up into so many things. So yeah. Okay. We'll go with the material first. Um, hey. So my, my dad, um, he was a cabinet maker or like mm-hmm. a cabinet contractor. So um, very, started out very blue collar, but then it was his own small business and it was always relatively small, but it became um, relatively successful while staying small. And he did more of like, then the, you know, white collar management side of things. Um, but uh, because it was so small, it, it was him and then two other full-time employees mm-hmm. and then one like part-time employee. Um, Shit. So only like four people total. Um, but even four being so small, it was like, you know, enough for a solidly middle-class lifestyle in mm-hmm. Southern California, which it's a testament to um, just like how much time he put into it uh, mm-hmm. you know, to have such a small business, but have it still be um, like that. Um, mm-hmm. But because he was such a huge part of it now that he had suddenly died um you know you had this business that basically could not function without him there that 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 had a bunch of the ship yeah it had a bunch of jobs that still need to be done he wasn't the one that was like um you know creating the actual like cabinets and pieces anymore but he was the one drawing the plans like making Mm -hmm. the calls and all that sort of stuff um and uh everybody is forgiving of you know uh losses to a degree when someone dies but you know after a week passes you know in the world of business and the world of capitalism there is no like uh you know people are like oh what are we gonna do like i need to do this um so 
basically, since my brother was a resident in medical school, um, he couldn't do anything because he he could only stay for like, you know, a week, I think mm-hmm. it was. And then he had to go back. Um, my older sister, uh, like I alluded to earlier, you know, she had stuff going on in her own life. Mm-hmm. Um, my younger brother was too young. <laughs> uh, my mom had had never done anything with the business um, and, you know, had just lost her husband. So basically it was like, uh, I've always compared it to like in medieval times. how you would have like the heir to the throne that everybody expects to like take over. And then you have the second in line that is just like, you know, like the Duke of some like (laughs) far off place, just living like a party lifestyle, not having to do anything. And then all of a sudden they get made into like the King of the domain. And that was sort of, that was, that was what happened to me where like, like all of a sudden, like uh, the last one to pick on the bench is me. And I'm yeah. having to step into this uh, company that like, I always wanted nothing to do with mm-hmm. and not because like, well, one, I wasn't super interested in the work. It wasn't something that like I found appealing mm-hmm. uh, up until that age. And then also like, um, as I've alluded to with my dad prior to like our relationship, like he already had enough, um, like control makes it sound like it's like bad, but like, you know, he was just like, I wasn't an independent, I was an adult, but I wasn't an independent adult. Um, so just like working for him would have added an extra layer of like control to it. That like, I, I didn't want that at all. Um, so I had no experience in the business. Um, Mm -hmm but they needed like a warm body to come like fill the role of my dad, or at least like call the shots for the family there. Um, and I was like, yeah, like talking about like being thrust into adulthood. It was like suddenly me who, you know, had never had like a full-time job up until that point, all of a sudden I'm like dealing with, um, you know, people very much not in my um that i haven't been like acculturated to you know like Mm -hmm. this like blue collar world of like you know like contractors and stuff and like um all that sort of shit um but like you said like being able to throw myself into that one, it was a great distraction just to like mm-hmm. wake up every day, go somewhere and like try to learn how to run a business or try to learn how to like do things. Um, and I did have a lot of help. I don't want to make this sound like I was just like this wunder kid who stepped in and started running shit. <laughs> I think, I don't think I would believe you even if you tried. That <laughs> uh, so basically like I was learning and stuff, but the, the huge part about this is like at a time when it's hard to think about someone cause you lost them. Mm-hmm. I was in a spot that r- continuously reminded me about my dad. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like in his office, seeing his like handwriting everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I had access to like all his accounts and like passwords and like his drawers. And it was almost like I was able to, it was like a, like a scavenger hunt of like things out about my dad and like trying to fill in holes for like, I'd find like a little post-it that has like some random phrase written on it and being like, what the fuck was going through his head when like he (laughs) wrote this or like just 
like it was i think it i think i was able to come to terms with it the the fastest or at least start um applying like meaning mm-hmm. to it or like finding meaning in everything because i was just constantly in a place where i felt close to him in a way and like i was finding out new things about him like Mm -hmm. just like snooping through all the drawers like (laughs) why why the heck do you have like this like random like i don't know like it's just like it 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 felt real i don't want to say it i mean i guess to an extent it did feel like he was still there but it felt like i was getting a glimpse and i was getting to understand my dad in like a new light Mm -hmm. at the same time knowing that if he if he were to like witness what was going on right now like he would have been super like stoked to see me like in that situation and just like the it was a very like anxiety inducing period just trying Mm -hmm. like basically be a farce in this role like like trying to like learn as quickly as i can and pull off things and delegate things and like Um, so that, that part was very stressful, but then at the same time, it was like very like peaceful to like, mm-hmm. it was like, it was almost like I like morphed into my dad for like a period. And like, I don't know, it was like the weirdest way to, to deal with a loss. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I mean, I'm sure I, it happens with other people, but I think it was a very unique way to like, be able to deal with like we talked about that suddenly like the abyss of loss and yeah. I got to like fill that abyss by like almost like take living my dad's life for like the next, yeah. the next eight months and yeah. like trying to do his job while at the same time, like looking in his like notes and like looking at everything that he had like kept and like looking at like the books and like stuff on his computer that he probably thought his child would never see. Um, <laughs> and it, it was, like simultaneously I want to say that I, I came to understand my dad a lot better. Like, of course, like you do what that person does, you're going to understand them better. But like, mm-hmm. I learned to accept like the parts, like almost when someone's dead, you're able to accept like their faults and everything that was great and wonderful yeah. about them better that it was like, you know, I'd come across something there that like I completely like disagreed with or like found uh-huh offensive in a way but it was like i was able to better fit that into who he was and like yeah not like respect it but respect him as respect him as like a composite individual that's full of these conflicting things and like our own relationship was full of conflicting things yeah sorry my girlfriend just got home oh no that's okay (laughs) hello Riley says hello. Hello. She says hello. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I like materially speaking, um, that was, I grew up a lot just doing that, like being thrust into something you don't want to do and having to deal with like other adults and like surly adults and having like mm-hmm. large amounts of like, or at least to me, large amounts of money on the line, like in like stuff that you're doing. Like, yeah. Like I had never been in a position like that, that it, it, and I, it would almost be like an escape where like I would leave and go there and like, I would be sad in my own way, but like, 
content at the same time. Yeah. And then like I you would were like, you were almost like processing in the best way that you could possibly muster under like the circumstances. Obviously. Yeah. 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 Like it, it turns something that probably could have cascaded me into like a negative spiral, like where, uh-huh. um, you know, just like where I could have, um, I don't know. It's like, use your, and it sounds callous to say it this way, but like your sadness as an excuse or kind of like, 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 uh, soak in your sadness and like, yeah. in a negative way. Um, whereas that way it like forced me to like, I was still sad, but like, I, I, I don't know. It was a good way to process it. Like you said, like to mm-hmm. process it. And then I would, I would come home and like the house would just be full of such sadness that like, I don't know. It was, it was a weird contrast. Cause like I was being able to process this thing in a completely unique way that nobody else in my family was experiencing. Mm-hmm. And I was able to keep myself busy and not just be in my emotions all the time. And yeah. then I would come home and just like, everybody would be like, not is it was almost like I was moving along at like a quicker. Yeah. Pay, pay. It was, it was weird. I, I don't know if, I have the exact same. Uh, did, you, did you have that experience? Yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of people have that experience of like where after you lose someone, just the, your home feels like such a sad place because everybody processes stuff at different speeds. So, and like, uh, yeah, real quick. Um, yeah. So like right after that, uh, right after she passed, my brother, my older brother, with the one who has a, a wife and two kids. Mm hmm came over and like just started drinking with my other brother who was living at the house already and just got super drunk. They both just got super drunk. And like, he spent the night at the house for like a week. He didn't come home to his wife and kids and they were all like bummed and sad. And like, I think he's like now having to like go, go to therapy for some shit or he was thinking about it because he's, he's finally accepted that. Like it was, it was a crazy way for him to do deal with it. Cause he was like, not all right. He was more not all right than I expected him to be. And yeah. that, that kind of bummed me out. But I, I basically just gave him a space and told him if he needed me, like I, I would totally be around. And then, yeah, my other brother also didn't deal with it as great. He's still coping with it in weird ways, but it's because, you know, he's weird. <laughs> We're all weird. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I mean, everybody I deals with it in, in their own way. Because like, my sister has already lost her dad to cancer. Oh really? Yeah, she lost her her dad. Like he's the she's the only one who's like a half half sibling. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, her father passed away from leukemia. Oh wow! If you want to join in, it's a double double cancer yeah. loss. Yeah. So yeah, so she kind of dealt with it a little better because she was kind of used to it. But it still doesn't help the fact that both your parents are now gone. You know? Like, yeah. That's fucking crazy. So like when every time we've talked, she's like, you know, there's times where like I just let it get to me and then other times I just I try to push through because I don't want it to like affect my day or my work or whatever. And like she's coping with it really well, I think. That's good. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah, I will say that I think um I think everybody in my family now is at like a good place, but it all took us like our own um speeds. Totally. Um and that was 15 january yeah january of 2015 okay so like almost almost six years now um but then also the spiritual wait 
Sir, how did your dad die again? Heart attack? Heart attack, yeah. Heart attack, okay. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I, 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 I guess, I, guess totally I hadn't, no, I hadn't said that up until this one. <laughs> he just died. He just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no reason. <laughs> Taken away in the dead, ambulance. <laughs> he just disappeared, actually. Yeah. He just vanished. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. Uh, so I think that was like the material aspect of it that helped mm-hmm. me get through it. And then also, like, I say spiritual. And I, I, I'll say I should preface this with like I, I I'll say I don't believe in anything. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there are things that I think um, are possible, or at least not impossible. <laughs> I'll yeah. say. Uh, but I would never say like, oh yeah, I totally totally believe that. Like I'm a proponent of that. Somebody could, yeah. You know that could be proven completely false, and I'd be like, okay. It's more of a way of just making sense of things. You know, mm-hmm. of making applying order to chaos um so i would say um like immediately after that it helped me just to like not imagine him in heaven by any means but just imagining Mm -hmm. him like becoming part of like one consciousness (laughs) I, i guess i would say that i i came to have like a a pantheistic view of things you know like where it's just like ever since the however things started in the very beginning everything's had to happen in its own unique way whether it's like Mm -hmm. atoms interacting or stars forming planets colliding you know life forming humans back to the very beginning having to you know mate with just the right people to lead to Mm -hmm. me like there could be no meaning to it whatsoever, but it does seem like there's this chain of cause and effect that had to happen in just the right way to lead to me being alive. And then it led Mm -hmm. to my dad dying um, when he died, you know, that that Mm -hmm. just was the way that it happened. Uh, And then you, you can either just say that it happens or try to apply meaning to it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I tried to apply meaning to it um, and almost, I started looking at like, I accepted it as something like, this is just the way it had to happen. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. if everything is just this infinite chain of causes and effects, like Mm -hmm. we can navigate within that, but ultimately like one thing is going to lead to another. So he died. That's just the way it is. So then I started looking, almost looking for just like the positive things that emerged from it or how it affected my life in a Mm -hmm. positive way or like, um, and I think just framing things in like a silly way like that can really just like chain, like you, you see the power of religion when, when you yeah. do something like that, Absolutely. how just, how just like framing you, you, the cosmology of how things work and how you view it can really just alter your, the way that you accept it yeah. and that you deal with it. And um, I think once I was able to do that and just view it as like, okay, like this, it had to happen this way. That's how it happened. Um, But now I have to give this meaning in some way. Like, how is this affecting my life in either, it could be a negative way, but a positive way too. Like, how is it changing me? How am I, and it's so cheesy, but like, how am I growing from this? Or how am I like adapting to this? And Mm -hmm. I mean, it was really one of the first ways that for me that I saw was that it, it brought me out of like that, pit of anxiety that i was feeling like that downward spiral of anxiety where like that was my first way to apply meaning to this where i was like you know even in my dad's death like he he 
gave me something like positive in this way, that mm-hmm. like he benefited me, like it was helping me grow up in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. And I would apply it to like silly small things too that I can't even think about now, but I would almost like try to look at anything that happened and be like, would this have happened if my dad was alive? No. And this, this was kind of an enjoyable thing that happened. So like that is a positive thing that came out of like there were negatives too, but it was just like trying to look for the positive, like, Oh, I'm going, I'm growing closer with my mom through all of this. Like that, that's something that is positive too. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just when me and Sasha started dating it, like, I think because my dad was like the patriarch of the family, there would have been a lot of barriers in there. I wouldn't have felt comfortable, like, you know, just like, spending the night at Sasha's all the time. I would have felt yeah. like bad about doing that. But now that I was like the, the man of the house, like I didn't feel bad doing that anymore. So it allowed our relationship to like blossom and freed up yeah. that opportunity. Um, so I think those were like the two things that really pulled me out of it. That mm-hmm. like, I was still sad for a very long time, especially mm-hmm. like listening to certain songs and just mm-hmm. still now to this day, like when, certain thoughts cross your mind or certain things happen. Yep. I mean, hit the anniversary is going to be coming up in like a mm-hmm. month or so. And I'll still probably, even though it's just a date, I'll feel something about it. Uh, or went out for the homies, dude. Yeah. Always. Why not? Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think those like that experience really helped me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I yeah. don't know. That's... No, I, I agree completely. Um, Grok with me here. <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, it's funny the way you're phrasing like this. Um, the the moment when you're like coming to terms with it and like you're able to like grow and grow in a manner that is not going to spiral you down again or gives you that chance. You're like officially like on the up and up, even if it's weird ways that you've never thought about getting there. You're like, I, why the fuck am I like in this weird up and up? And like, but you don't even have time to question it at some point too. You just give yourself to it. Cause you're like, fuck, like, I guess this is my life now. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, yeah. um, and I feel like we, we've experienced similar things in just slightly different ways. Um, but I will say one thing that I really, really liked was that like, from such an, uh, expected or unexpected dramatic change like like we were talking about like the the, like the day or like you know like um the time i found out that i like had cancer like things started like just looking and feeling different it's like just that thought alone like changed my entire view of the world in a way that i had never thought about because i had never thought i would be in the position that i'm in now you know like Mm -hmm. Like, what the fuck does somebody do in this position? Like, I guess I'll just help. Like, I guess I'll just do this. And then, yeah. And then like knowing how like crazy intense this specific one was, uh, just kind of put me into like, uh, having to tighten my bootstraps or like basically kill myself. And I was like, I don't really feel like killing myself because that's going to bring more sadness to the family. So I guess I'll buckle up my bootstraps and, uh, put in some work here. Uh, but yeah, like, the the giving giving up to something else that like you just decide to stop questioning is when i like kind of feel like i start 
being able to relate to spirituality in in a way because it's like i don't fucking know i like i i don't ever know what is going to happen to me tomorrow because i've experienced so much weird shit in my life where like fuck dude a a meteor get hit and we'd be fucked but like one of the things that i'm like sorry kid i'm gonna brag about you for a second one of the greatest things that i've learned this year and through covid was that like dude you can get through anything like if you want to yeah. And then if you don't, then you're dead. And like, isn't the point of human life to at some point in, because that's the one thing you know about your life. Mm-hmm. You're going to die. One thing that gives it value. Yeah. And it's like, so why not just, you know, give yourself up and just live smartly. Like do this experience of life in a weird fucking skin suit and shit. And then like return to whatever after or something. I don't fucking know how it works. Uh. Like, but like it's just giving myself up to something that I don't fucking understand and I will never understand. And like when I will understand is what I'm not on this side of not understanding it. So I don't know what the fuck that means, but it's like it feels super translatable in like in all of like the spiritual thought and like that kind of stuff, you know, uh, versus like there is no anything. And like I was pretty heavy on the atheist side, but I was also like a lazy atheist, too, because I was just like, it's just one of those things like philosophically, like n- there's no good like answer to anything unless there are certain things in place that are sure, which if we're looking at life, like nothing is sure. So yeah. Like that's, that's always been my approach to like to, to to say anything with certainty to me has always seemed like a little, you know, like two sides of the same coin to be like, Mm -hmm. Oh yes, God does exist or God doesn't exist. Like those are both two like huge claims that like Mm -hmm. nobody fucking knows. Like, um, no, I can say I can say with certainty that you know a lot of the organized reli- not with certainty, but a lot of the or- organized religion gods like I do not think they exist in the way people think they do. But totally. the fact that there is that we do not know jack shit about the universe, and that there's so much that we don't know, and that we all feel like this connection to something bigger like th- that there's this unknowable bigness to existence totally. <laughs> i think that is like the basic truth and it underlines all religions uh, yeah. or underlies all religions just yeah. like the, the sense of connection and the sense of the unknowable mm-hmm. um and yeah i think that's just why i am drawn to you know just viewing like you know as god being everything and just mm-hmm. how everything interacts and how everything Whatever is making all of this happen is whatever the phrase God is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll agree to that, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, if that's what you think is God, then yeah, sure. Like, then yeah, I agree with you. Otherwise, yeah, like a weird, like, intermittent God with, like, rules and boundaries and a boundless world just doesn't make sense, too. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, like, or a God that, like... <laughs> Yeah, change is so obviously based on the culture that created it. Like, yeah, you have a god of the Old Testament that is. Oh, I thought you were talking about Trump. (laughs) No, 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 no. Just like the sheer, the just the difference between like a god of like a traveling nomadic Jewish tribe god who is all about you know uh, killing people and you know protecting land and you know um, has all these like you know rules and stuff and then you have Mm -hmm. the god of the new testament that's like turn the other cheek like yeah how how is that the same god no it it more just represents the cultures that are talking about that god like yes Mm -hmm. one is like this nomadic warrior tribe the other is these 
occupied Jews living under the Roman Empire. Like a, that, ex, that explains the difference in God way uh-huh. more than like this unchanging God all of a sudden had a change mm-hmm. of heart about violence. But wait, we don't need to talk about religion. <laughs> but, but, we can uh, poke holes in any, uh, any basket you want. I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I agree completely. Yeah. Oh. oh man. So January 1st or 2nd? Oh, are you going to do this? I just can't remember. That's the problem. That's why I'm asking you, because I, I, I have trouble remembering always, too. I think it's... So oh, you, you brand yourself. Oh, yeah, you got to put a, That's a smart idea. Uh, I think it was the third. January okay. Third. Okay. Either the third or the fourth, but I yeah, think it was the third. They were out there for New Year's, and they, they spent... They usually spend a week out there, or what? Yeah, they would... Um, they were spending a lot of time out there just because, you know, mm-hmm. my dad was they were I mean, they're getting older, you know, so it's like more more time just chilling. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, they would usually spend like head out a couple days after Christmas and then just like chill out there for New Year's and mm-hmm. do whatever it is they would do. <laughs> don't need to talk about that either. <laughs> I'm sure you found enough files on your your dad's computer. No, none of those files. <laughs> I mean emails. <laughs> I miss you, baby. Uh, <laughs> well, my mom doesn't use the internet, so oh yeah, emails. That's fair. Yeah. Do you have any other uh, other things you wanted to add in there, or side stories you want to add in there? And something you've learned, like. And where you're at differently from what you've been like, basically, if you have any like change at like where you're at now with everything, that's a good change or bad change or where are you at now comparatively? Because you seem uh, to be doing pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean, you're happy. <laughs> yeah, ha- it's. I feel like it's hard to be happy. Right it is now. right now. Like, there's just. I feel like everything. There's just so much like external pressure in the Mm -hmm. world on like all these different fronts that makes it really hard just to like feel comfortable and like happy Um, oh this is something i totally spaced on actually mentioning this this is something that me and laura and this is where i wanted to bring up how cute laura is uh agreed on it's just like you know what like i i can convince myself of things but like it's really hard to be sure of it but then like what's really real to me right now is like if the world went to shit you know who knows what the fuck happens whatever crazy thing we can think of like as long as i got you and like i think you give me a lot of strength so like i think we'll be able to get through anything and at this point like i still feel that way and it's so freaking great uh but yeah like that's one of the things that's also helped a lot like with dealing with everything like knowing that i have uh immeasurable like help from like just our relationship mm-hmm. like just the fact that she's here like every day with me and yeah. we like affirm each other's love and stuff like that like all of that has done wonders for like my mental health too like she taught me how to love myself like i fucking hated myself a lot i would always like refer to myself as a shithead and stuff like that you know <laughs> i'm a piece of shit whatever it's fine uh <laughs> but like i'm getting better about it and it's, it's good yeah and yeah i'm glad it, it's all it's all hard yeah no i i can definitely relate to having yeah like i can for sure say that without having somebody that you know is like going to you know be there through mm-hmm. and through that's like you know dedicated to and committed to 
your relationship and going through life together. Um, it does, it adds a, like a degree of like security or at least like, uh, like a little flame of happiness that you can always hold on to, like knowing that you got that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Even when just, yeah, it's, it's just, I feel like the world is, it's, and maybe it's just me, but it's hard to, it's hard to imagine things um, getting better sometimes just on a, like yeah. a, on a world global scale. But, Absolutely. And yeah. that's, and that's part of that, like <laughs> how we started where we were saying like, yeah, you know, death, I don't want to die, but death would kind of like, I used to always like in college, I would say like, Oh yeah. Like it would be cool to like live forever just to like, see like how, cause you're like, I'm in the sci-fi, like how humanity progresses, like how, how we evolve and how things happen. And now it's like the completely other thing where it's like, yeah, like maybe I wouldn't mind like piecing out. <laughs> like if it, if it happens, like, uh, yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah. If, especially if you look at it like that too, cause it's like humans are the worst. Yeah. We're the worst like, fucking things to happen. Yeah. It's like, we can't, <laughs> Yeah, we can. Over here, <laughs> and I guess somehow this is my life now. Life finds a way to to quote Jurassic Park. <laughs> Fucking hate Jurassic Park. Trademark. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's too funny. All right. Well, I think this might be a good place to end it. Any questions? Uh, was that. there anything else that more that you wanted to say about I your experience? It. I, I can't think of it. I kind of cut you off whenever I had something to share. Okay. <laughs> Cause they were all super similar. And I explained to you like a lot of the similarities and stuff, I feel like, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I will say, and mm-hmm. this, this is like morbid, but it could also be like comedic. Um, and I could, ask, I could ask you the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. Cause your mom, your mom is buried. Uh, she's cremated. Uh, she's cremated. All right. Mm-hmm. So you, you will not be able to relate to this, but I will All say right. you asked, you asked me how I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally. Yeah. But besides like momentary bouts where, you know, something hits you, but mm-hmm. I will say one of the weird things to think about. And when it does cross my mind, is like when you bury someone, like what they look like now mm-hmm. down there, that, that trips me out. Sometimes. Yeah. Like, like, like that, the, the, the even like, like the, the decaying idea, uh, body like that like that i don't know it's, just imagine like maybe she just says she was getting cremated and we got like a box of random shit just so she could set it up that she wanted to actually be buried like somewhere else you know like <laughs> that could be true too and maybe oh. look like that <laughs> but uh uh shit i was gonna say something else and i totally spaced because i feel like I used to like to go to like the cemetery because it mm-hmm. would like help. And I haven't been in a while because I just haven't felt the desire to, but I feel like every time I would go there, it would be like a nice feeling. And I would have like this fleeting thought of like, Oh, what was, what does your decomposing body like look like right now? That's like, that's like yeah. disgusting. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's a thought that crosses my mind every now and then. You know? That That is nice and comedic and morbid as well. <laughs> a little nice. Tie the bow on the, the end of the episode. Oh, that's too good. So if you guys... No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, sorry to anybody who's listened. If you've lost someone, now you're going to imagine what their dead body looks like. Probably. <laughs> All right, Riley. This is actually perfect, too, because like now I kind of have to pee. I have to pee. I have to pee, too. I'm surprised I haven't had to pee so far. Me, too. We made I, it to like two hours almost. 
Wow. Dabba do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Riley. I love you so much. I'll probably message you in a little bit and tell you how much I loved you and probably this podcast as well. Okay. But for now, we will end the recording. I love you too. Zoom call. Yay! <laughs> to all our relations. To all our relations. Meow. <laughs> <laughs>